The Vibe Catch podcast brings you the latest in employee engagement, workforce productivity, and people analytics. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Konstantin uh, from Vibe Catch, and uh, welcome to the Vibe Catch podcast. Today, I'm honored to have uh, Max Hunter um, with me, uh, Chief Joy Officer at uh, Loy Logic and founder at Motivators at Work. Welcome, Max. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, Max, we've been doing this podcast series now for about a year, and um, I'm, I'm so happy that, uh, that uh, you took the time to, to sit with us today uh, because uh, you have quite, uh, quite a lot of experience in working with international companies on, on different, um, different countries and different continents. So uh, what I would like to start with maybe is like, in your experience, what you've seen, what do you think would be the common or uh, common pitfalls of employee engagement programs? Like what works and what doesn't and what to measure? Yeah, so in my role as Chief Joy Officer at Logic, uh, I'm actually on the leadership team and it is my role specifically and only to create a place to work where employees wake up on a Monday morning and can't wait to go back to work, um, which of course might feel a bit far-fetched to some people. But at the end of the day, of course, what that is all about is employee engagement and maybe more importantly, employee motivation. Uh, so obviously that Monday morning feeling uh, does not come from having fruit bowls or a table football table. Um, when you wake up on Monday morning, uh, they're not the things that give you either that positive or negative Monday morning feeling. So I worked uh, intensely at first on listening into people, uh, of course, as you do with Vibecatch, but um, listening in intently both, both uh, with surveys such as yours, but also uh, with interviews, as in interviews, just talking to people and listening to what is it that gets in the way of Monday morning feeling great? What is it that gets in the way of that Monday morning motivation? But you've got to really listen uh, to lots of different people uh, in lots of different areas Probably more importantly, from the ground up, of course, from the um, from the not just the um, leaders. And once you've listened, I mean, really listened, you get a feeling for what stands in the way. And now, what stands in the way is often um, some things that are not that easy for the leaders to hear, right? Because from the top, they don't understand it at first. So the big pitfall, first of all, is or the hardest thing is to get the leaders to listen. Okay, because they're very, they'll jump very quickly to, well, that's because my people are lazy or that's because my people aren't smart enough or they're not motivated enough or they're not innovative enough or they don't care enough. Uh, that, that's the view they have from the top. So really, uh, with the information that you've gathered from listening in, you've got to put that in front of them in a way that motivates them to do something about it. And um, the way that I've typically done that, and I do that now with other organizations as part of motivators at work, is to ask them if they think people are waking up on a Monday morning and are looking forward to going to work. Do they think everyone is? And they typically say no, <laughs> of course. Okay. Um, and then you say, well, what if they were? Would that make a difference to your organization? They say, well, yeah, of course. Of course, it, like, even, even the most numbers uh, people get the, that fact. And so then they want to start listening. And then you can talk to them in stories about what gets in the way of Monday morning motivation. Uh, yes, the numbers help. You've also got to put some stories behind it. Um, you know, the story of Steve and this happens. And, um, and then they start to realize what it's like working on 
the front line so that they start to realize, okay, so if we did this for Steve instead, then he, he would be more motivated and be more productive. So the big pitfall is not getting leadership to buy in because if they're not bought in, uh, then you're constantly pushing water uphill. This is something that, uh, this is so great because this is something that we also faced many times uh, in that sense that leadership in, in a sense does not probably know what's happening below if you want to say yeah. that. And yeah. the bigger the company also we face that, the bigger the company, the more difficult it is to get the message from below to the top yeah. uh, and and that's that's uh, that's one of the questions that i would like maybe us to address like how do you like the bigger the company the the, the more difficult it is how do you you know manage that in a in a larger environment because in, in a smaller company you probably meet everybody every day uh at, at work so you see everybody you can ask hey how do you feel you can see some of the uh, you know pro problems happening right in front of your eyes but yeah. the bigger the company the more challenging it is yeah absolutely the more levels of hierarchy the more people um the harder it is to have that empathy for everyone everyone in the organization yeah absolutely right um and that you need to find ways to close close the gap as it were um yes constant information uh flowing yes from the top down but also from the bottom up um so everything from the kinds of information that tools like yours provide vibecatch you know to constantly get a temperature check for how are we doing with that kind of motivation let's try one or two things let's see how it shifts yeah. and so they start to get a belief that this stuff makes a difference not just from a being nice to people perspective but from a business perspective and i think that's one way and the other way of course there's there's other there's other ways to increase the flow of information throughout the company. So yeah, your kind of tool is definitely also one of them, but then also things like um, employee communication tools, um, things like Spencer uh, or things like that, or work, workplace, things that show the people at the top as well as the people at the bottom that there's lots and lots of human beings here. Um, because then the, the empathy starts to grow. And, yeah. and there's two elements here. Um, one, there's this common perceived myth yes. that you can either focus on doing business or you can focus on being nice to people and leadership <laughs> often say, okay, every time I, every bit of time and, uh, investment that I spend on being nice to people is investment I'm taking away from the business side. And we need to get out of that binary thinking. It's either or to no, it's not about being nice and being stroking people. And it's not really about that. Or it's, it's that. And if you can get people to wake up on a Monday morning with that motivation in their hearts, it's good for people and it's good for business. And the key is to really dig into what drives that. So that's, I mean, that's, that's absolutely huge. Um, to be able to get the mindset away from it's either people or it's business. What a lot of people forget is that business businesses are done by people, with people, and for people. So it's not like a machine that does business. It's just it's it's people. Like in in sales, you sell to other people. You don't sell necessarily to other businesses. Of course, the business has a legal entity, but you sell to people. Yeah, of course. Um, I think everyone pays lip service to that. Every every leader will say that. Our most valuable asset is our people, um, but then how do they act on it, and do they really believe it? Because unfortunately, our 
current operating model for our organizations was designed pretty much during the time of the Industrial Revolution, which was when things were mechanical. It was a machine yeah. where people had to do the same repetitive task a thousand times a day, clock in, clock out. And so we built our organizations like machines. Unfortunately, the model remains in place. So whilst people say people are our biggest asset, they, they typically still seem to say, well, there's either the machine side, as in the getting stuff done, or the people side. Uh, and that's a big weight to shift. But that's where things like this constant communication from the bottom up through tools like Vibecatch, uh, but also through other digital uh, means, and of course, through simple human interaction, increase that sense of empathy to start to influence leaders to realize that, the, that it really is about people and that when people's motivation can be measured and looked at and, and quantified, but also um, believed in stories, uh, that starts to shift the paradigm. Fully agree, Max, fully agree. And building on top of that question, because we talked about you know, the, the bottom-up and the top-down approach, um, who would be responsible for employee engagement in a company, and you know, like how that make how to make that clear? Because uh, what we what we face is many times that we meet with uh, HR managers who say, "Well, we are responsible," and then um, leaders are like, "No, no, no, we are responsible." So then there is kind of like a, a, a maybe a misconception or a misunderstanding of who is responsible, if any, or are we all responsible? Yeah. Uh... Short answer is all. Um, longer, longer, slightly controversial answer. Okay. Um, each leader should care about the motivation of their team. They are the one that has the most contact. They're the ones that set the tone. They're the ones who create the conditions for whether a person wakes up on Monday morning looking forward to go to work or with a pit of dread in their stomach. At the end of the day, my team, my leader will be the ones that dictate that in truth. Um, so if if every business leader, if every team leader, if everyone in a team felt responsible for the motivation of their employees, then we would no longer need HR. That's the controversial bit. We wouldn't have, yeah, okay, maybe for the legal stuff, recruitment stuff, but not for the most important stuff. However, we're a long way away from that. So this is a big message to HR in my perspective create a focus on that listening into the organization with an HR create a focus on then trying to influence or tell these stories and this information to the business leaders because HR has a huge role now in taking us from leaders who don't who only care about business results to leaders who realize the importance of the people on those business results so we've still got years or even decades <coughs> where HR's role here is crucial um, to one day even make themselves no longer needed in that respect, um, because then the leaders have it in their hearts and minds that actually the best thing they can do in their job to drive the best results is to create a motivated workforce. Great, um, I fully agree on that. Um, I, there's a saying that um, uh, people don't leave companies, they leave bad managers. And I'm sure you've heard this before, um, how, what would you say uh, to like how to spot the signs of bad management and what can we do, you know, like a practical, practical steps to, to spot that and to, to avoid that? Yeah. So whilst I do partly agree with the statement, people don't leave companies, they leave bad managers. Uh, 
of course it has a huge impact. I think for me, the bigger answer or the bigger kind of question is, what is it in the system of our organization that allows those bad managers? I believe more in the phrase, don't blame the player, blame the game. Uh, because in, in, in a game or organization that doesn't allow bad management, that would never happen. But the game typically, the organizations typically allow bad managers to not only be that, but sometimes to thrive and go higher and higher because they are either producing results, seemingly short-term results, or because they are putting themselves in the best light. Um, I think we need to get away from managers or leaders who are there to prove themselves versus a focus on a core KPI for managers and leaders, which is how motivated are your people? Because we're too focused on the non people side of management and leadership when we measure leaders and managers, right? We talk about KPIs for them like sales or profit or productivity or whatever. I've rarely seen a KPI for a manager or leader, which is the motivation of your people. And if that was the top KPI, if that's what the game focused on as what winning means, then we wouldn't have players, as it were, or bad managers who are allowed to focus on their own personal results at the cost and detriment to their people. I love that. I love the the, the meter of uh, like uh, the, the 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 happiness of the people, like uh, the, the measurement. I think that a lot of companies don't, uh, you know, even countries. Uh, we're measured like a, a country is measured by a, a, a GDP, yeah. uh, but never a country has been so far measured about the happiness factor. Like how happy is a, com- a country? Like and putting that down, going further down to companies and to to teams. Like how happy and, and is uh, is your team? Because that eventually leads into a more productive uh, and a more profitable. Uh, team and eventually company. Indeed, and and uh, just to help you and others, there is a country which focuses on happiness. Um, uh, the country of Bhutan has a gross national happiness index, oh. and actually a person in the government whose key focus it is to look at that. So uh, it started. It has started, but yes, um, obviously in um, kind of Bhutan is not necessarily um, the biggest country in the world, but it, it has started, and um, yeah. Yes, I had the job on the leadership team of Chief Joy Officer where that was my key focus. But what made it difficult at times was it was not a KPI on the manager's, on the manager's radar. Um, and actually, as, as, as I say, happiness is a great word for, for people that get it. But unfortunately, a lot of business leaders think happiness is a nice to have. Does that mean they sometimes worry if I get my managers to focus on happiness, they'll do anything they can to make sure my employees aren't complaining. So therefore, they'll take it easy on them. They'll make their life easy so they've got no problems. That's why I would focus more on motivation because if you're motivated to go to work on a Monday morning, that's a very different KPI in my perspective in terms of, you know, it's not just, oh, I've got an easy life, but I've got a life that I look forward to at work. And by looking forward to means also therefore making a difference, uh, which is good for people and good for business. I agree. And, you know, because you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned uh, the happiness that managers don't focus uh, on, on happiness. I think that one of the reasons is to um, why is that? Because they don't see any profitability in that. They don't see numbers like, OK, yeah. if Max is happy, like what does that translate 
for me as a leader or for the company in itself? How can I monetize in a way Max's uh, um, uh, happiness, right? So, and, and a lot of and, and a lot of uh, managers, I, I feel that they don't really understand that actually. Uh, happy uh, employee engagement and happy engaged employees actually uh, the spillover of that is uh, not only well-being but uh, productivity and profitability of uh, of the company so if you have really like you mentioned if you have uh, employees that are happy to come on Monday morning that can't wait the weekend to like there is no weekend basically in that sense like in as, as a mindset uh, then obviously at the end of the at the end of the year at the end of the month you can actually see that uh, happiness uh, quantify into you know profitability and uh, eventually more revenue uh, better customer satisfaction and uh, etc yeah yeah absolutely and uh, at motivators at work we've distilled all, all the work I did as chief joint officer um, into a framework as well to understand the key drivers of that motivation. Uh, it's called The Roots and Fruits. You can find it, I'm sure, on our website at Motivators at Work, or indeed on my LinkedIn profile. But to try and make that motivation tangible for leaders, what are the key factors that drive it and what impact does it have? So, for example, if you increase people's sense of belonging, there will be less siloed mentality and more collaboration if you uh, increase people's sense uh, that it's that they're doing what they love and they don't get overruled that's where you get more innovative because often leaders say oh, people are doing siloed thinking they're not working together to make great stuff they don't care about where we're going my people aren't innovative enough we need more innovation I mean we hear that all the time <laughs> we need people to step up and take on more responsibility once you ask leaders what is it that what that kind of keeps you awake at night with your people, those things always turn up. And then you can turn that around and say, okay, then let's, let's look at what's hampering those things. Let's look at the game, not the players, um, and see how we can unlock the key to all that. Because you employed great people. I'm sure when you were in the interview with them, you didn't employ them believing they weren't those things, but something in your system is hampering them from doing so. Um, so to really then look at what are the key actions that we can take to unlock the things that are keeping you awake at night. Max, thank you so much for this insightful uh, interview. And uh, for our listeners, um, you can find the links uh, of um, Max Motivators at Work and uh, Loy Logic, uh, as well as uh, some other resources in the podcast description. Um, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, until next time. Real pleasure. Thank you very much, Constantine. Thanks for listening to the Vibecatch podcast. Visit our website, vibecatch.com, for more resources and insights on employee engagement, human productivity, and HR technology. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest podcast right in your inbox.